Welcome to Marin Costello Radio, where we have intentional conversations with impactful people. Your weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, and entrepreneurship. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of building and running a business, interview leaders across all industries, and find the common denominator beneath it all. Welcome to Marin Costello Radio. We have such a special guest on the show today. Kimberly Snyder is a spiritual guide, meditation teacher, nutritionist, and holistic wellness expert. She is a three-time New York Times bestselling author of five previous books, including Radical Beauty, which she co-authored with the one and only Deepak Chopra. Kimberly hosts the top-rated feel-good podcast, and she's also the founder of Saluna, a holistic lifestyle brand that offers wellness products, digital courses, practical enlightenment, meditation, and Saluna Circle. She has been featured in dozens of media outlets, including Good Morning America, The Today Show, and The Wall Street Journal. She lives in Los Angeles and Hawaii with her husband and her two sons. Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much, love. <laughs> this is so wonderful. We just, you know, had a little debrief before starting the recording, and there's so much to bond over. I feel like we have so many, so many different categories of life that would probably blend into each other and overlap. I mean, you're based in LA. I lived there for 14 years. We're both, um, Hapa. Um, there's just so many different things. I mean, honestly, this is like, you you know, this is just like talking to a friend. This is talking to a cousin. This is, it's just so wonderful to finally connect with you. You're such a wonderful human. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. And it's true, right? When we get past all the so-called, you know, walls and the differences and strangers, and we start to connect into someone's heart. The second you came on, we just talked like cousins. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. Well, you are such a, such a bright light. And one of the questions that we ask on our show to kind of give people an example, because I mean, I could go on and on with your resume and just all the things that you've accomplished, especially in your adult life, but we like to come full circle on the show. And so we always like to start the show by asking what was little Kimberly like? (laughs) So it's funny because I think we see how we are as, as children and our beliefs really do play out into adulthood. And so little Kimberly was obsessed with achievement right? So I, somewhere along the way early on, I developed this belief, which I spent a lot of my adult life undoing that love and worth is tied to doing it's tied to achievement. So from when I was little, I was obsessed with being number one in my class, right? I always wanted to show that I was worthy. And, um, you know, my mom was an immigrant, like she came from the Philippines and, you know, the family did not have a lot of money. She was so, um, she loved us so much, but she was really focused on working and being able to provide things that she never had as a child. So both my parents were working. They were out of the house a lot. I was left to my own. And so again, I developed a lot of just trying to show that I was worthy and that, you know, it just went through my whole childhood. And I think until I went backpacking after college, which was like a real rebel move for me because I was a student and everything was so planned. I went to Georgetown. I was going to be a doctor, like all this stuff happened. And then at a certain point, I just, I had so much anxiety inside of me and insomnia and bloatedness and constipation. And I didn't feel good in myself. So it was then that I took, like, it was a break in that pattern. It was after college that I ended up backpacking for what ended up being three years which is really the wow. genesis of my philosophy, these books. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's kind of a long answer, but I would say, you know, young Kimberly was very insecure, very um, focused on doing, very uncomfortable within herself. 
Um, and so I think that's why I do what I do now to show people, you know, there's a way out, right? You can actually feel good with who you are and um, here are the tools. <laughs> wow, that's so interesting. I feel like you and I have so many commonalities when it comes to childhood traumas and what we correlated together. And yeah. um, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. It definitely resonated the loving and doing, being connected. I've been in therapy for many, many years and doing so many different, you know, modalities and self-care and um, just the work essentially yes. to undo that. And that looks different for everyone. It looks different for everyone. And I would say love, like a really core teaching that started to crack me open into this whole, um, really understanding how to love yourself and really understanding how to create from this point of power in your life is the difference between the ego and the true self, which mm. is really what this new book is all about is how do you tap into the true self? I never even heard this term before I went to India, right? So when I was doing that backpacking trip, I was in India for three months, the first time. And then I circled around again and I started another extended period. And I found this incredible teacher named Paramahansa Yogananda, who is the great yoga guru who brought yoga to the West. And I started reading his, his books in India, in Rishikesh, in this little bookshop I found. And it was like this fire mare went into my spine. I started to feel the truth of this, right? And he was talking about oneness and what he calls the underlying energy matrix of all things, meaning energy is the raw material that we create our outer world, our relationships, our success, our work. So when we're looking at our our lives instead of trying to you know change things out here we work from the inside we transform from the inside out and so ego Marin and I didn't know we don't know this growing up in the west we're not taught this ego is this outer shell right so this is what I was obsessed with as a child what do I look like what do people think of me right our image it's like this con this construct and ego is always sensing with the five senses so it's peripheral nervous system always looking out in the world physical eyes like what am I what do I look like what are other people doing what do I see on social media? And we start comparing because this is where we stay small and limited. If we think we are just this, you know, what Wayne Dyer calls the less than 2% of who we really are. So who are we really, right? The title of my new book is you are more than you think you are, right? So who are we? We are the true self, right? We are this authentic part of us past the mind chatter and the fear is this expanded, stable, calm, infinitely intelligent, creative part of us. The true self is the formless energy, the unique, you know, quantum physics would say the unique gravitational field that runs through you and around you. In spiritual terms, we could say it's spirit individualized inside of us, this drop of consciousness, the unique gifts, the blueprint that we bring into the world. So what we want to do day by day is start to use these tools and practices for connecting to the center inside of us, not the limited ego. So we still have this shell. We're still going to want to, you know, do our best in the world and look our best. But the solution to the problem isn't where the problem is. So in turn, when we start to connect into this expanded energy, which is what I learned to do, we start to increase our vitality. We start to increase our abundance. We start to come up with the best creative ideas and solutions. We start to just feel that deep, unshakable confidence that so many of us are looking for. And again, we just change our whole life from the inside out. What was the straw that broke the camel's back? Was there a particular moment for you where you went, I'm blowing up my current life. This is no longer serving me. Bye guys. I'm going to backpack for three years. What ended up being three years. So I will say love, like that was the, that was the first big, like, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to leave. You know, I was at this point of 
I was cracking, you know, I think I was like drinking diet soda all day. Right. And I was like, had no energy to do anything. So that was the first time I was like, you know, the rebel the, inside me, this rebel was growing that had always, conf- I'd always conformed. I was always this good girl getting the grades. And finally I was just like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like I'm just going to leave. Right. And so that's when I started learning and I started doing these practices. But if I'm really honest, Marin, you know, when things are going well, you still kind of go in and out of the practices where I really anchored in and went really deep was four years ago, about four years ago when I hit my rock bottom. And I described these stories in the book and my rock bottom included when I, my mom passed away really suddenly. Um, We found out she had cancer on Valentine's day and she was gone by the end of March. And she was with us at Christmas and she was normal and healthy. So when she passed, I still get goosebumps. It was this uh, like wake up moment for me where anything can happen in life. We don't control things. Like how are we gonna use our time here? So she passed, my older son was not even a year. And then after that, I just, I was in the state mayor where I just looked at my life and I was like, uh, uh, like this is not working for me, for us, meaning with my relationship. So then I ended up moving out on my own and splitting up with the father of my first child. So in this period of time, I was a new mom. I lost my mom and then I became a single mom. So this was like, oh my God, I did not think my life was going to turn out this way. And I remember I moved into this house by myself with my son and I would cry in the closet every night, you know, thinking to myself, I don't want this. This is not my life. So it was then that I started to go really deep into these teachings and practices. I met with a monk at the Self-Realization Fellowship, which is Paramahansa Yogananda's meditation organization. And he said, Kimberly, for five months, he gave me five months. He's like, just focus on yourself, go inward. So this is before COVID, right? I had this like self-imposed quasi-isolation period where I was doing my work and I was taking care of my son. But other than that, Marin, I wasn't really going out. I was meditating and I went deep into reading. So I was going into these teachings. I read thousands of pages of scripture, the Upanishads, the Bhagavad Gita, the Ramayana, the New Testament of the Bible, Rumi, all of this work. And after the five months I emerged and what happened was I had a very different, I had something that I never had before, trust, Mm. trust. And I realized I never trusted anything, right? Because the ego, like all that, like control everything, look a certain way, create these achievements. This trust meant that, I trust life and I trust the true self inside of me, right? So this is the game changer. When we're trying to control everything out here, we start to play small. We limit our energy. We create more stress hormones, right? We're always in fight or flight because we're trying to micromanage. In contrast, when we trust ourselves, it means we have this anchor, this this, um, real resource that we can rise up with strength strength and resiliency into anything that life brings. So I also had this sense of deep wholeness which is a really powerful chapter in the book called You Are Whole, the exercises that we that teach us, we start to experience our own wholeness. So then I was walking around in the world and I felt so peaceful, Marin, right? And it's from this point of peace that things just started to, um, they started to come in, which is another chapter in the book called You Are Magnetic. That's when I wrote the book with Deepak. It's when I went to a random dinner party with 12 people and I met my husband, my now husband, John, right? Without dating apps, without pushing and trying to find love out here my energy shifted. So then my entire world changed. So I would say the genesis of this book, Marin, was really started around those four years where I was going deep. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like, this needs to be out in the world. 
So I'm really, I've never felt so passionate about anything I've ever put out. I love hearing you speak about it. When you say Genesis, is that the conceptual Genesis of the book or did you physically take pen to paper? When did the actual writing practice of the book come into play? So the writing process came, you're not going to believe this. When I was exactly 34 weeks pregnant, I was kind of looking to slow down and what I call a download came in, right? So as we connect back in through meditation, through these practices, what really starts to grow is what Yogananda calls the infallible voice of the inner counsel, right? So it means your inner voice, your gut instinct, your intuition. So I call it a download when something just comes in, it's wordless, but it's like, so this book idea came in when I was 34 weeks pregnant and I didn't know what to do, Marin. So I was like, mm. so I reached out to Deepak Chopra, who's a co-author and also just a really close mentor, I would say, and friend. And I told him about the idea, which was bringing Yogananda's teachings forward, you know, the Vedic science forward with supportive science and stories. I said, people need to know about these teachings, Deepak. And he said, oh, this book belongs with Hay House because we had written a book with, you know, HarperCollins, Random House, but this was a different publisher that focused more on these mindfulness books. So I said, okay, Deepak put me on an email, with the president, Reed Tracy. And so Reed emailed me within the hour, what's your book about, Kimberly? And then a few days later, Marin, I wrote a sample chapter. I presented it over Zoom. And then I did a follow-up presentation three days before I gave birth. I signed my book deal. <laughs> And then here's the crazy part. I waited 60 days, right? Because in Ayurveda, there's a 40 sacred days postpartum, right? So I gave an extra 20 days, 60 days, I started writing it. Here's the crazy part though. I had this newborn baby, right? This is in 2020. So my son, who was like, you know, three going on four at the time, wasn't in preschool. Everything was shut down. So I had both kids at home. I'm running my company, Saluna. I have my Feel Good podcast too. And somehow this book just channeled through. It really wanted to be here, Marin. So nap time, late at night, weekends. You know, I look at this book, I hold it in my hand and I think, oh my gosh, first of all, I'm so grateful. Second of all, I think, when did I write this <laughs> You were like, I blacked out and suddenly there's this book and everyone's loving it, including Drew Barrymore. And behold, here's her name on the front cover. Like what? <laughs> so good. It's amazing, right? When we have, so there's a, one of my favorite chapters in the book is called You Are a Warrior, right? And it's about purpose. And I believe Marin, and I get goosebumps again, we all have this part of us, this aspect within the true self of being a warrior. And what that means is we have this ability to uh, overcome obstacles and, and persevere and really create something in the world that's unique to us because we are unique beings. So as creations are birthed from the inside out, the only we can create them. But here's the thing, we always experience more true success which I define as more inner peace, more fulfillment, and of course, financial prosperity as well, when we expand our goals to include the good of other people, right? So that's what a really a warrior is. The warrior doesn't just go to battle for themselves, right? The little ego is what keeps us in self-doubt. What do people think of me? You know, me, how do I look? Me, me, me. So then we struggle. We have all the stress, but when we drop into this, into our hearts, into this place of expansion, because our true nature is expand, expansion, right? The universe is always expanding. Light is always expanding. True unconditional love is this expansive quality. So when we include our, the good of others, what happens is warrior quality rises up and we can create more of what we want. So that's part of very important part of our purpose. All of us have a unique purpose because we have unique gifts. But at the same time, we have the same purpose, which is to share and to support one another. 
It's more of like the process of getting to our physical purpose is still the same. Well, if that makes right. sense. Like yes. the, the process so, of expansion, the process of loving each other, the process of sharing, the process of community, all of those things, which ultimately yield different outcomes because we all have different physical gifts in this world. But, yes, yes. But those inner gifts are all, we have them all. It's a matter of awakening them. That's right. So the way the book is structured to Marin is like three parts. So part one is getting past the big blocks, including fear, we have to embody our wholeness. Yogananda says there's 26 soul qualities that we need to develop as humans in order to reach our full potential. And the number one quality is fearlessness, because if we're blocked by fear, we're not even getting on the path in the first place, right? Wow. So we, get, we get past the blocks. A lot of people go straight to trying to manifest or create and the blocks are there. So they may say the right things. They're taking action. They're researching. They're sending emails and they wonder why they're not getting results because everything is energy right? Energy is there, whether you say the things or not. So the first part of really creating your epic successful life is getting rid of the blocks. Number two, then we need to embody who we are, not living from this egoic part, which we're really used to doing. So part two is where we drop into more um, understanding peace, intuition, like our real qualities. And once we've dropped into this deeper connection, then part three, Mary, then we're ready to create. So part three is about abundance. And again, the longest chapter is you are a creator. So it's very specific exercises of how do we work with this formless energy? How do we extract that out? How do we start to realize our gifts? And then how do we channel that into our best product, our best website, our best idea, our best content? And there's very specific practices. Again, these are ancient techniques of honing that from this underlying energy matrix, right? And this is what I, this is what I did, Merit. You know, I think about my story when I came back and I was this broke backpacker, but I would sit on my bed and I was applying these teachings I had learned from India. And I started to see these patterns emerge in my life. I started to see Oh, you know, I just stepped into this flow. When I got back from backpacking, I just started the free website. I was teaching yoga, I was going back to nutrition school, but then things were just coming in. You know, the site was growing. My first celebrity found me. Then I got on the set. I started working with all these other celebrities. I started doing national shows uh, like Good Morning America regularly and Dr. Oz. And the first book deal came. Did, did I tell you what the first book deal was supposed to be? No. Okay. So the first book deal, this is a hilarious story. It was called Catching the Fire. And it was a travel memoir and it had a bunch of teachings in this book. And then my first editor, Harper Collins, they looked at my site, Marin, and they said, oh, but the food and the recipe stuff seems to be taking off. So why don't we do a food book first? And then we'll do this, you know, spiritual mindfulness practice book second. Well, first book was called The Beauty Detox Solution, which just grew and grew. Second book was food. But by the third book, I could feel that I could really serve. I could help people you know, by seeing that a holistic approach to nourishing the whole, you know, the whole being that we are was what was needed. So then I went back into, you know, chakras, beauty detox power, fourth book with Deepak, radical beauty, Ayurveda, lifestyle, right? And then the fifth book was mind body, this book, love, it's like I've come full circle, because, but now I'm grittier, right? Like more raw, more real. Like I said, the, the four year, my rock bottom that happened four years ago. I'm glad that I didn't do this book 10 years ago because I don't think I would have been able to share in the same way. So here we Absolutely. are. What I love about this book, and I can't wait to actually dive in and do the practices myself, but I love that it is so granular that you give people tools. Yes. I think that there's so much frou-frou and rah-rah and a lot of these terms that are now more common that we use in everyday conversation, but 
many people don't actually understand what the practice looks like. I so appreciate that you give people tools in this book to say, this is where you can start. Yes. Rather than just go inward. Cause a lot of people would be like, what, I don't know what that means. Exactly. Well, let's go through a 10 second practice now, love. So you can see it. it. Right. And I know exactly what you're talking about because I love Eckhart Tolle. Right. And he's like talking about going past thoughts. So the philosophy really resonated, but then I was like, how do I really do this? How do I live this? Right. So we need tools. And so a quick, you know, we talked about ego and true self, right? So when we want, when we live more and more life from the true self, when we speak from this place, when we create from this place, we're always going to feel more flow. We're always going to feel better results, but you may be saying to yourself, well, I don't know if I'm in true self. I don't know if I'm an ego, right? Because we're up here and the mind is tricky and has stories and reactions and patterns. So then we start to get confused. So what we do, Marin, is we drop into a place in the body, we go, drop into a place that gives us pure wisdom, and that's the body, which doesn't have the same narrative and stories. So what you do moment to moment, you can do this throughout the day while you're sitting at your desk, before you go into a podcast, before you post something on social media, before you go play with your kids, you go in here, center of your chest, your heart, right? What yogis call the Anahata Chakra. And you know, now modern institutions like the Heart Math Institute have measured the resonance of the heart being something like 60 times more powerful than the brain. So we go in into pure feeling. We feel what's in our heart and we ask ourselves one question. Am I in true self right now or am I an ego? You drop it, the feeling. Don't go to the thoughts, the feeling. If you are in true self, what you'll feel, Marin, is a sense of relaxation, openness. Um, You'll feel a sense of receptivity, expansion, because this is our true nature, right? Bliss, love's always relaxed and expansive, just like the universe. So this is a beautiful place to speak and to, to, you know, to do in the world from. But if you go in and you feel a sense of constriction, a sense of tightness, right? We've all felt that feeling. What it means in this moment, I am over-identified with my ego. In this moment, you know, the energy of the ego, which is small, limited, fear-based, is making me feel a sense of constriction. So this is important information, right? Because if we speak, if we act, if we write, if we do anything from this limited place, we are going to get limited results. We may inadvertently push people away. Again, everything is energy. We may repel things. Um, We don't come across in our most powerful place. So when we feel that sense of constriction, we want to break away. We, we can do this in you know, many practices I teach in the book, but it could be as simple as, oh, I'm up in my head. I'm up in the fear. Where's the opposite of that? Drop down into your feet. Feel where your feet are in this moment, right? Anxiety is fear of the future. Like what is all the what ifs, the fear based on trauma from the past. So the one place this energy can't live is right here in the present moment. So you feel your feet. You put your hands on your belly just by tuning in, make sure you're taking some nice deep breaths, right? Or you get up, you change your environment, get outside, go into nature for a moment, go to the bathroom, shift your energy. And we are the stewards of our own energy. So we do something to shift our energy before we act and speak. And again, what that does is it it puts us into this awareness of I'm coming from a limited place, right? So whatever I create is going to be limited or I come from this expansive place. So that's one practice, Mary, moment to moment, every 10, you know, 10 seconds just takes to, huh, I'm off. Let me recenter. So imagine we do that through the day. Now our whole day starts to reframe. Our whole day starts to shift because of this awareness. I can think of at least 15 people that I will be sending your book to based (laughs) on the, you know, few minutes that we've been chatting. I mean, there are so many things that you've said that have resonated with me. And 
I mean, my self-awareness and my self-love and my, just my practice of, of doing the work is quite robust, right? Like I've, I've experimented with a ton of different modalities. I'm open to everything, but I feel so connected to you and the way that you, the way that you understand and communicate Mm. the practice for you is so tangible and so friendly and very, um, I find that sometimes, at least for me in the very beginning of my practice, it seemed very daunting. It was like a big world and there yes. was a lot, there was a lot going on. And I was like, I don't really know what lane to go in. Yeah. And that was a little bit off putting at first, but this to me is just so friendly and warm and welcoming. So I just want to say thank you for putting this book out into the world, because I know it's going to change people's lives. It will improve so many people's lives, but I think it's going to change so many people's lives and really invite people into their own practice. Thank you, love. And thank you for saying that because I think these words can feel intimidating, right? So the the subtitle of the book is Practical Enlightenment for Everyday Life. And people think, oh, enlightenment, what is that? It's like, you know, Jesus and Buddha, like these great masters. Enlightenment love means freedom, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just opening to freedom. We're not, we don't have to be stuck in the suffering. We don't have to be stuck in the stress, right? So it's very practical. Um, Maybe there's another practice we could go through real quick here, just to show in 20 seconds, right? We can start to reframe our energy because like the Bhagavad Gita teaches this ancient text from India, we just want to get on the path. And just by making that decision to get on a path, meditating a few minutes in the morning, doing these practices through the day, our life really changes. And so the the book follows um, what the Gita teaches us is that we become more free in two ways. Freedom increases in our life in two ways. Number one, wisdom. So we have to know these teachings, right? Which is why I'm so passionate about sharing these teachings. They don't come from me. These are ancient Vedic teachings that really need to be here in the world because everybody should have access to them. There's a quote I paraphrase from Yogananda. He says, a cave can be in darkness for thousands of years, but bring in the light. And it's as if the darkness never was. So Mm. once you hear these teachings, for me, it was like, oh, like these epiphanies, just knowing these shifts will create shifts in your life. So the number one is wisdom. Number two is experiential. So we do the practices and pass the mind chatter, past all of this, you know, quantitative, qualitative analysis, which is always coming in at us. There is this deep sanctuary inside of us. There is this inner resource and we experience the knowing of this truth as we go into effective meditation and effective techniques. And I say effective love, because like you said, there's so much in the world today And it's important that we really learn from a lineage that's been passed from wisdom, right? So meditation isn't just relaxing because we're still out here in the senses. True meditation and yoga is about union, union with the limited self into the divine, into the true self, into going from peripheral nervous system, we create the union with central nervous system, right? Spine and brain. And the research, and there's so much in the book I cite, even by virtue of focusing on your third eye, passing of this word rishi means seer. We start to see, we start to know more than what we can see with our physical eyes. When we focus here, it actually wakes up the medulla oblongata and this ganglion of nerves at the back of the brain, the brainstem. And so the science shows this actually does light up different parts of the brain. We get out of, you know, amygdala and fight or flight. We, we literally change our brain pattern. So the science supports it is that we go to this place inside of us, Marin, and again, our whole lives can change from the inside. So powerful. From when you started writing your book, how long did it take you to complete it? Mm. 
So there's like, you know, various editing uh, processes. So I started writing, um, oh my gosh, like I would say, you know, I'm so fuzzy. I'm like, okay, Moses was born at the end of May, which means I, I started writing it in the summer. I would say the writing process was, a, it was like a year, you know, okay. a, a year. And then some edits trickled in after that. Um, but again, I feel like, oh my gosh, like the fact that I wrote this book with the babies and the pandemic and the work besides that, I just think, you know, it just shows that we all, we can step into this flow. And I'll say, Marin, I'm a very busy person. I, you know, I think most everyone listening to this, you're a very busy person. My relationship with time really shifted from these practices because, you know, Ram Dass used this term time expanded and I started to experience that. And we get out of the pressure, right? And as a working mom, sometimes you hear these things like, are you balancing your life between work and family? And I don't like that word sometimes because it reminds me of being on a balance beam, right? Like I'm like, this. thank you. <laughs> thank you. It reminds me of a teeter totter. And I said, yes. okay, well, if I'm anywhere but the center and fully, fully quote unquote balanced, then I'm off balance. I hate that. It's terrible. It's terrible. So, so I move away from that word and I move into flow. Right. Thank you. That's what so, I use. <laughs> see, right. So what that means is as we start to really, and I think most all of us, including myself, up until I started doing this, we don't really experience the power of our true presence, right? Because we're still in the thoughts. We're still like watching how we look like we're still in the ego. The more we do these practices, we come with this full presence. We're like, I'm a hundred percent with you right now, Marin, right? And there's no, there's nothing else I'm thinking about. There's nowhere else to be. So it means I'm bringing my fullest energy to this moment. And then after this, it's, you know, probably in 20 minutes or so, my son will wake up and then I'll be fully with him. So when we bring presence, we cut out all of the stress, the like, you know, the mind chatter, all this stuff. And it's something, it's experiential. So we build that over time with these practices. It's something that we start to live. So we have the wisdom and we have the practices to keep us going and, and building that inside of us. I love that. I've been saying, I don't believe in balance. I believe in flow for many years. And really? so this was just a hundred percent like ah. on God. And also have, it has been said on the show. I think that Q, our producer can, can confirm, but we've, I get asked the balance question a lot and I'm not a mom, um, but I do get that question a lot as far yeah. as, you know, how to, uh, our Q, Q, our producer confirms, he says all the time. Um, <laughs> I, I love hearing that from you, especially because this is your, this is the gift that you're bringing to the world. Not to say that this information isn't available to everyone, but you are the vessel through which it's being shared. You know, yes. jewelry is the vessel, vessel through which I can bring community in my world. So to kind of have these two separate worlds and these two people who have lived their whole lives and come together to have that moment, that's a God thing for me. So I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. And I think, you know, jewelry is, is really, you know, the intention when you put something on and it, it just makes you feel this, um, you know, the beautiful connection and what you want to put out. It's really powerful as well. You know, everything is energy and intention. So we just start to, you know, we start to align all the different parts and everything starts to expand. It's not Absolutely. that everything's fractured, right? So when we take this fractured approach, which is like, okay, I'm eating over here and here's what I'm doing over here. No, we are whole beings. So when we nourish ourselves from the inside, right? Emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically, what I find too, Marin, is our relationships heal. 
because we're not projecting out our unmet needs emotionally, mentally, spiritually onto other things, whether it's I need this jewelry or I need this fashion to feel good about myself. No, I choose this because I feel good and I want to enjoy it with food, right? I have a healthy relationship with food, like it's nourishment, this tastes good, but it's not like, oh, I need the ice cream to feel better or to feel that that soothing quality. We give that to ourselves from in here. So all the relationships start to heal. That's amazing. Did you find that on your journey, as you were discovering yourself, healing yourself, that your relationships around you changed? Oh my God. So as I mentioned, like a big, a big um, mirror to me was my personal relationships. And I talk about this openly in the book. And I had always struggled with relationships a bit. Like I was always in long-term relationships, but then I always pick safe people, wonderful people, you know, I would never say anything bad about them, but there wasn't quite that connection, you know, because I didn't have the inner connection. So as I described that rock bottom period, and I rose up with this deep sense of trust and this deep sense of wholeness, it means Marin, I wasn't trying to get love. We realize we're trying to get all this stuff outside of us. It creates this frantic energy. Love isn't a noun, right? It's not something we get from other people. We actually never get love from other people. It's just that other people may cause us to light it. We feel the love that's already inside of us, right? Wow. So the chapter in the book, one of my favorite chapters is called You Are Love. And I described the growth that came after, you know, my mom passed and feeling that, but a big shift for me was understanding love is not a noun, it's a verb. So when you live love as a verb in your life, you activate this energy inside of you. So now you're the source of love. So then I started walking around the world, just very whole. um, And that's a different frequency you emanate. So then John came to me at the dinner party, right? And so we have this very beautiful, soulmate, incredible relationship. I've never felt so fulfilled. He is amazing. Like I love our relationship so much and our family. And that wasn't possible for me before I did this work. My relationships were always fraught with you know, just not feeling really close, not exactly what I wanted. And again, the, the depth of friendships, the relationship I have with my children, just this overwhelming love comes from relationship with self. And comes love, we go one step further, it comes relationship with self-love. So the reason we struggle with self-love and I struggle with self-love is because we think self is this, right? What do I do? What can I show? What do I look like? How many followers do I have? How much money's in the bank? What's my job title? It's all the ego, right? So we will always struggle with this versus self-love comes from connecting to this formless energy, the soul, who you are. And when you do this, then you can really love the both parts of you. We're the struggling human part that's becoming, and then we're the true self that is here. So we can see with clarity, oh, I have these two parts. I'm this you know, work in progress, like we all are. I'm this perfectly imperfect being, but I love, I'm compassionate for that. So one chapter in the book, Marin, is called You Are Confident. And this is also related, right? Because you asked me about being a child. As a child, I was always trying to get my confidence. Look at me. I'm number one in the class. Look at my A, right? So it's, it's, um, it's here. And I'll tell you a real quick story is I remember being seven years old and I got a 98 on a quiz. And I was the only one that like did the reading or whatever. And my mom was at work and she came home from work. I was so excited to show her my test. And she looked at it and she maybe had a stressful day. She probably didn't mean that she tried to be funny, but she said, why didn't you get a hundred? Right. So in that moment took in, nothing is ever good enough. Right. So I always struggle with self-love. Nothing's perfect enough. So what I talk about in the chapter, you are confidence. That's all surface 
that's always changing. It's based on like your stock price or what you look like or all this stuff. We're always going to suffer. So where do we get our confidence? Real confidence comes when you peel back the layers. It's like when Moses said, ask the almighty, you know, what is this? What are you? It was one line, right? I am that I am. So feel the power in that I am that I am. True confidence comes because I am alive, living, breathing, unique creation of spirit. And that's it. No, we are all here. So I'm confident because I'm here as this unique being, right? That's it. All this stuff on top, that's fun. We play with it, but that shouldn't be tied to our worth. Our self-worth, our self-love doesn't come from this. It comes from the connection, that deep place inside of us. So then as we start to connect to that, we start walking around in the world with a very different essence of confidence. And we're not trying to get things from other people and they sense it. We become this source of stability and love and bliss. And then people naturally come to us. So of course our endeavors start to flow more. We start to create more abundance and prosperity, but not from the pushing, from the being, from the connection. That's so amazing. When you were talking earlier about your busy schedule, my mind went to, you are so present and you are so here. So what is your personal practice of staying in flow while also managing a million companies and all of your, I'm sure a million side hustles and being a wonderful mom and partner and all the things, how do you stay in flow? So you're right. It goes back to practices. And there's a word in Sanskrit in Ayurvedic medicine called Dinacharya, which means daily routine. And so again, this has been taught for thousands of years. It's the practices that we do day to day, not knowing a certain philosophy per se. We want the wisdom, but we have to live the practices. It keeps our energy anchored. So for me, my team knows my morning practice is everything. I drink hot water with lemon right? I take our Saluna SBO probiotics because we don't need a lot of supplements, but gut health is very important. And I drink my glowing green smoothie, but the most important part of my meditation of my morning practice is my meditation practice. And actually my pillow I sit on is right next to us here. So again, it's the outer doing. I'm sitting there making the smoothie, washing the vegetables, making hot water with lemon, but then it's this inner attunement. So again, it can just start with five minutes, seven minutes in the morning. This is the number one thing I would say to everybody is tune into your energy in the morning. If you don't have five minutes, we really got to work with your schedule because even I have five minutes, right? So I say my team knows it's blocked off before I start podcast, before I do anything. I have to bring my son to kindergarten, then I get the baby down for the nap, and then I meditate before I do anything, right? So the, it just, you know, it changes with our sleep schedule. But that morning meditation, love, it puts me into this state of interconnection, right? So then I know when I'm hungry, when I'm truly hungry. I know, like, I can nourish my body more. I'm in a more intuitive place when I make decisions. There's just a different quality of energy. So it doesn't become this arduous thing to do after a while because I notice the difference in my day. So anybody that's struggling to get into meditation and to practice, I will say Ayurveda teaches us the sacred 40 days. So if you put more effort into just five minutes a morning meditating after 40 days, it'll help. You'll have this more supportive energy behind you. It's a cycle of change, you know, 40 days in the desert, you know, the Moses, the history, right? There's always 40 days in Ayurveda, 40, 40 days. So just in the beginning, put a little bit more effort and then notice there's more flow. 
And then in the book, like I said, there's all these practices I tune into the day, which can be ranged from 10 seconds to 90 seconds. So 90 seconds or some research that came out of Harvard that showed that it's about 90 seconds for the biochemical reactions in our body. Let's say strong um, rage, anger, um, frustration, whatever it is that we're feeling, we need practices in 90 days to come back to center. Otherwise, what happens is we start to get pulled into these stories. And then there's low grade fight or flight, this low grade inflammation, this low grade stress that continues to build. And that actually ages us so much more quickly. It lowers our vitality, it lowers our energy overall, and it lowers our mind focus. So moment to moment during the day, part of my practice is constantly this awareness of realigning. And then in the evening, I do a meditation practice as well. So anyone that's busy, love, I'm saying as busy as I am, even five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night and 90 seconds, 10 seconds in the day, honestly, you'll save so much more time later because you're not cleaning up the mess. You're coming from a deeper place, more flow, more intuition. You're making better decisions, more creativity starts to emerge. So it doesn't take a lot of time. It's actually simple and easy to do. And it's not more work. It's a shift of focus, I would say as well. I love that. What does your schedule look like in between the morning meditation and the eating meditation, evening meditation? I imagine that your days change, right? Depending upon the schedule, but can you kind of give us a glimpse into what that your daily schedule looks like? Yes. So I say I can have two jobs, but I cannot have three. Right. So my first job is the children. Like I'm a very hands-on mom. So everything, my podcast schedule revolves around nap times and school times. Now it helps that my son is in kindergarten because he wasn't in school during the pandemic. So I get up, you know, I get them ready for school. It's like a very hectic morning, making lunch, filling out the COVID forms, like everything. Then the baby naps and then I drop in. Um, my other work is the, you know, the podcast, uh, the feel good podcast, and then Saluna, I'm running the company. And then on top of that, I have the books. Um, so the third job is the house stuff. So we're very grateful and fortunate that we have a full-time housekeeper. And so she really manages everything around to support me. I also have an assistant with work stuff, but she's, you know, doing the grocery shopping. She's doing the cleaning. She's taking my recipes. She's doing the cooking. So she's aligning everything. So I can really put my energy into my creative. It's either the kids or it's work, right? So we want to create real support structures as much as we can. So we really choose where we put our energy into. And so day to day, I'm doing podcasts. Um, We have a lot of products launching this year in Saluna. So I'm doing um, testing, writing. I do quite a bit of writing articles for other magazines, like Drew's Magazine um, and other ones. And then um, we do a lot of online courses now. So I'm, you know, I'm just creating content. And then I pick up my son at kindergarten in the afternoon. And I pretty much focus on the children again till bedtime. And then after bedtime, I often go back, you know, and meditate and I'll feel inspired. I do a lot of writing in the evening as well and ideas. And so I write things down by hand. I'm a big journaler. Um, So yeah, so it's like very, it's very nonlinear. There's a flow and somehow, somehow miracle of miracle, a lot gets done from this nonlinear place, right? We go with the flow. Like you so, you know, wonderfully understand. We go with the energy. That's amazing. So your team is you and your assistant. Who else is on your work team? Oh, on Saluna. Yeah, we have a whole team. We have, you know, our marketing team. We have Caitlin, our general manager. We have my business partner, John. We have Nicole, who runs the podcast. Um, We have Madeline, who does customer service. We have a whole tech team, like Jamie and all these. I mean, there's just, it's grown and grown. 
Um, and I'm not involved with a lot of it, you know, but I just, I love everybody on the team. I try to connect with everybody. I don't connect with like the tech team and the, you know, the warehouse and some of the marketing people so much, but, um, but everybody on the team is really aligned and really excited about our mission and our purpose. And so that's taken time as well, right. Over these 10 years, um, just like re relationships, my personal relationships. I've also had work relationships that didn't always work out so well. You know, I picked people because, you know, my own safety issues or whatever it was, even though they didn't really have the skills. So I'd say this work has not only uh, expanded into more aligned personal relationships, but a much more aligned, you know, work relationship situation with Saluna, where I could honestly say everybody on the team is so amazing and everybody's energy we're all working towards this common goal so now I feel a lot more flow in my work as well I love that you are so supported in your work that you can yes. dip into all your different projects because I think that that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people listening to our podcast really struggle with as far as creating the bandwidth and also yes. being supported and and opening up to receive that support you know, in the beginning, I remember, you know, not taking a big salary and being like, oh, I got to put it into the business. And I remember I got advice from, you know, one of my mentors, like one of my business mentors, he said, as an entrepreneur, you really have to take care of yourself. You really have to start paying yourself. And again, I think we have this lack-based approach sometimes and we're starting out, like I got to keep in the money because I don't want anything to, you know, fail. And that's, the fear there. So of course we want to be discerning. We don't want to like, you know, clear out the bank account. But when I really started um, taking care and trusting and, you know, me and John, my partner, everything did start to grow from that place. And then we were able to, you know, person by person come in and be able to afford, you know, this incredible marketing person, this incredible expert, whatever it was. So it does expand, but we want to make sure that we're not coming, we're coming from a smart place, but not a lack-based place. Right. I love that. Th that was a lesson that I learned this year. I just started paying myself. Um, yeah. And it was, it was a big step. I mean, it's, and it's certainly similarly to what we're talking about, you know, the practices that are in your wonderful book. Our culture doesn't necessarily encourage us to pay ourselves in the entrepreneurial space first. Well, let me tell you something, love. Collective mainstream culture is not where we want to go for our wisdom. It is Correct. not where we want to go for our answers. Everything is based on ego. What is everybody doing on social media? What do you look like? What's all the stuff I can buy to try to make myself feel better on the inside? The look at the news. Everything is based on fear, separation, anxiety. So we're not going to look out here. So culture is not going to tell you, oh, find stillness. You know, <laughs> it's up to us to take care of ourselves. Just like all the BS messages about food, our body, everything. You can look to any part of you know, society and it's very limited ideas and beliefs that get perpetuated. So when, again, we want to break the cycle, we want to expand in our life. We do not go there. We go to ancient wisdom, right? And that's another thing I want to say. We get so caught up in this new stuff, the new study, the biohacking, like da, 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 da. But there's so much value in the old, in the ancient old. Like we don't have to reinvent the wheel. These are time practice, you know, proven over thousands of years. It's a yogic science because the yogi showed when you work with your energy, when you go into your spine, when you magnetize your energy, when you really learn to work with your breath, you change. Cause this happened again for many thousands of hundreds of generations. Like this is known. So instead of just focusing on, Oh, maybe I need this, you know, this brand new lipstick or this mitochondria device 
that can be fun, but we also want to, you know, value the old and benefit from it as well. There's so much wisdom that can help us tremendously in modern life. So much wisdom. And it's been proven over many, many years, many generations, and it's amazing tools for us to tap into. That's right. I can't believe it's been an hour already. (laughs) Wow. Yes. You are so wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show. Where can our listeners find you and how can we support you? Oh, thank you, love. Well, I'm so excited to share the book. Of course, I hope everyone is able to read it and benefit for their for their own life. You are more than you think you are is out now. Anywhere books are sold, <laughs> you know. We say Amazon, local books, still uh, booksellers, and then my website, love, is mysaluna.com, which is s o l l u n a dot com, and there you'll find information about our products, our courses, our Saluna Circle, which is our online community, the Practical Enlightenment meditations, Feel Good podcast, and more. Oh, so many things. I, I cannot wait to just dive in and get completely distracted in your whole world because it is so wonderful. It is so wonderful. And I'm so grateful for the work that you do and for the goodness that you put out into the world. And thank you so much for being on this podcast and for sharing all of your, all of your knowledge and all of your wisdom and all of the ancient practices that, that we are making cool again. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, my love. And again, I feel so connected to you. Thank you for being such a light, a support, a real sister and look forward to connecting more. Likewise, likewise. Well, folks, that was just so amazing. A massive thank you to Kimberly for coming on the show. Another thank you to our hosts at Dash Radio and our producers at Island City Media. If you liked this episode, you can listen to it again and again on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review so we can continue bringing you the people and the conversations that you love. Lastly, if you want to connect with me offline, you can always find me at MarinCostello.com and Marin Costello Radio on Instagram. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to me and Kimberly chat about all the things and we will see you next week. This your song. Well, let me know super let me know star. But this song come from far. Oh Lord. Oh Lord have mercy. Hey, oh Lord have mercy. Why? Oh Lord have mercy. Hey. Come follow me, run, come follow me Come follow me down in the party Aye. Come follow me, run, come follow me Come follow me down in the party When we flash it, we a flash it in a new style Cause if you didn't know, now you heard it from me A different sound coming from a vine 20 how long me have me DJ degree Yes it is true, Jaja made me to be an MC and a very proud today We not put chat slackness only reality I remember the first time I actually Heard reggae in my father's own lifting Chevy Still bounced on Carlos and the man Gregory As what Bob Marley and the one Maccabee Listen this year one way I go sit down steady uh. Come follow me run, come follow me Come follow me down in the party Aye. Come follow me run, come follow me Come follow me down in the party Aye. Come follow me run, come follow me Come follow me down in the party Aye. Come follow me run, come follow me Come follow me down in the party Aye. Spread it out, reggae music internationally Emancipate the word for mental slavery Words sound 
none power, yes, yeah, set off and set free We not like her, we not like no negativity The lyrics from my talk come from a place deeply Every passive from my line, you fit trod neatly Everyone in the dance moving so nicely All of the pretty lady looking so very lovely Why the brother sit there and not smoke sensei So we sit down on the rhythm, sit down well properly Come and say easy, my selector, you fit take it easy Pull it up again in another city Come follow me around, come follow me Come follow me down in the party Come follow me around, come follow me Come follow me down in the party Come follow me around, come follow me Come follow me down in the party Come follow me around, come follow me Come follow me down in the party Oh, 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 